0: Hello, this is Peter Joseph, and you're listening to V-Radio. Hello, and welcome to this edition of V-Radio. Um, if to excuse me there. I actually, actually had a bit of a technical problem that slowed the start of the show, but we're almost ready to go now. I'm adding my two guests to the call. I once again apologize to everybody listening. Uh, that was not intentional. Um, the technical issue would have been my power going out, which unfortunately is not something I have any control over, but... We're good to go now. If this is your first time listening to V-Radio, please check out my website, v-radio.org. There you can listen to archives of more shows like this one, preferably those that have started when they're supposed to. And um, (laughs) you can also check out my must-see TV list, a list of free documentaries that you can watch on the Internet uh, that I recommend to everyone. So that being said, I'm going to introduce my two guests. Um, Let me start, first of all, um, was it Yvonne or Ivan?
1: If you want to say it in the right way, in Spanish way, is Ivan.
0: Ivan, that's what I thought.
1: All right, yeah, well,
0: Ivan, uh, welcome back to V-Radio, and go ahead and introduce yourself to the audience.
1: <laughs> yeah, thank you very much for inviting me again. Um, I don't know. It's, it's great to be here.
0: Excellent, excellent. And um, also, for the first time here on V-Radio, we have Rue from, uh, is it Enter Shikari?
2: Yeah, it's, it's Rao as well. But okay, everyone, Rao. Everyone calls me very so good. All right. And yeah, and to All right.
0: All right, well, both of you gentlemen are musicians. Uh, you know, I, this initially started actually with Ivan telling me about his new tour that was coming up, and uh, I decided to go ahead and invite him on for that reason, and obviously he then in- introduced me to you. Uh, you know, over the internet, and I kind of got the idea and then obviously we have now a show where we have two different people who support the zeitgeist movement the Venus project direction. who are both musicians. Um, I know a little bit about yvonne he 's been on v radio before i 'm still going to have him introduce himself a little bit more detailed for those of them um, you know the people online who don 't know him as well, but let me start first of all with you rue um do 't you explain a little bit about your band, how you got
2: started? yeah we well, we've been a band now uh for ten years. We were just talking about this the other day, which seems crazy um we're all twenty six as uh, four of us um and we play well it's it's kind of a very difficult type of music to describe really it's a we've kind of uh simulated all sorts of genres um that we grew up listening to and the different local scenes that we got into but i guess Primarily, we're kind of a, a punk band with electronic and dance influences as well, so it's quite a hybrid of different sounds. Um, and yeah, we've, we've been lucky enough to tour throughout the world for the last last few years. Um, and yeah, we're at the moment we're on a, an American tour. I'm in Florida, and it's uh, yeah, yeah going really well.
0: If anybody is in Florida right now and
2: would like to see you, uh, where's your next gig? Oh, mate, you've, you've caught me. Uh, we red-handed here. I've no idea. Um, let me just get my uh, shows up. When you're on tour, you just get in a kind of tour tour bubble, right? And, you One know, day you no,
0: know, you know, to the next. I know how that yeah.
2: is. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll be able to tell you uh, in a bit when I have the dates up. But yeah, we've got a few shows throughout Florida. It's our last week of the of a six-week tour at the moment.
0: Are you uh, going to be done after that, or? Yeah,
2: for for the U.S. Um, that, that's, that's the end of our. It's our it's our first kind of proper headline tour, really. Um, we've we've done quite a few tours uh, supporting other bands and sort of little runs up and down a coast here and there. But yeah, this has been our first full-on sort of Enter Shikari experience and bringing over our, our lighting rig and stuff. So it's been it's been awesome.
0: Well, that's great. Well, I guess um, if you happen to be in the Florida area, as he said, he's going to be. Uh, giving us more information on where you can hopefully see him at the end of this uh, American tour. Um, Now, I guess uh, one of the questions I ask every new uh, person who comes on V radio, uh, what was the precipice for you? What was the moment that made you decide to go from being just somebody who was part of the world to someone who was trying to make it better? What made you an activist? It's
2: a difficult one because it's a very sort of gradual An organic way of just just falling into it, really. Um, There were sort of various events in my my childhood that I think stuck with me and they just really didn't make sense. I remember the first sort of protest I went on was when I must have been about 11. My my parents dragged me to this protest, which which was about the closing down of a a local hospital, and it, it just made no sense to us because you know, closing down something that important to the well-being of, a, of, a, of the local population just when there was more than enough people to work there, there was the uh, all, all the kind of medicine and the applications and the technology was there, but there wasn't enough money. So it, it, I guess events like that immediately kind of strike you as very strange and you start to sort of Connect the dots with the system that you live in and, and realise how sort of um, oppressed and how ridiculous it, it can be um, and yeah, after watching the, the Zeitgeist movies and other documentaries and you know, doing research, that's, that's the thing, being in a band you get so much time sitting in a enclosed space, whether it's a plane or a bus, so you get a lot of time to kind of research and read and stuff and I, I guess that's what made us as a band want to use our our kind of pedestal that we've, we've grown to have, whether we like it or not, um, for for the better of, of humanity, hopefully. That's excellent. That's
0: very excellent. Now, Ivan, um,
2: I know I've asked you this on
0: the previous show that we were on, but go ahead and kind of share your story. Like, what made you decide to become an activist?
1: Um, mostly, uh, since i young, I, I always... <clears throat> sorry. I always yeah, have... These kind of questions, you know, about the system, about religion, education, and you—I don't know—there's some some people like me that grew up and just didn't feel right, you know. You 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 can um, you know just uh, just agree with all that. Shit, <laughs> you know, and you start to to look for answers. You start to look for different paths, you know. And one of that paths was um, one of that uh, led me to the psychics movement, you know, to so the psychics movies first, and then to the psychics movement. And and I don't know. For me, it has been great because. It really helped me to understand better um, culture, society, uh, science, you know, psychology, you know. Because for me, the first step is try to educate yourself. And so (laughs) when when you reach a point, you can share that knowledge with the rest. But the first step is just uh, educate yourself and, I don't know, for me, is uh, has been a has been great. You know, ha, has the chance to, for example, do this show with three people that from <laughs> so distant places. You know, but sharing the same goal, sharing a same idea. You know, that that for me is great.
0: Excellent, excellent. Now, Ivan, you're going on your first uh, tour of the United States. This is the first tour, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I'm I'm pretty excited about it because you know, you you see a lot of movies, you see a lot of documentaries, but for me the the better is have the information for of first hand, you know, and talk with the people, you know. And I don't know for, for me so far has been great, you know. Just know a little Bit more about how America works, you know, but it, the the first impression was not that good because with Homeland Security in the airport, you know, uh, was really like Alex Jones shit, you know, right? <laughs> was was pretty hardcore, you know. Uh, they ask a lot of questions. They, I don't know, uh, but. I know, I understand that it's, it's the culture here, you know. And I don't know, but right now, for example, I am in Dayton, Massachusetts, and I'm here with my band just uh, in a very beautiful town, you know, in the countryside. And I, I don't know, I, I can tell you, man, it has been great you know and my first show in philadelphia was really great you know um i could feel the energy of the people and 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 was great um just feel how how you start to reach people with your message you know that that for me has i don't know it's better than a grammy <laughs> no, I know exactly how
0: you feel about that. Um, I was a musician a long time ago, and although I'd have to say I don't think any of my music was ever there to reach anybody because that was kind of before I was an activist, but um, my radio show, you know, just getting emails from people from other countries, people that I'll never meet before, you know, like in real life who've told me, hey, you've changed my life. Thank you for your work, and, you know, it definitely has an impact on yeah. you, you know. So, yeah,
1: that for that me is the goal. You know, that for me is what's really important. It's not for me. It's not about selling records or getting really, really famous. It's just getting that, you know, change lives, make people think, you know, That that's my goal. If I do that just with a couple of people, I will die very happy.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Now, I talked a little bit, obviously, through about what his band was about. Um, how would you describe the sound of your band?
1: Well, for me it's a mix between electronics and rock and metal, you know, because I I came from metal, you know. I grew up listening, you know, Slayer, um uh, Metallica, Morbid Sepultura, you know. Um when I start to get a little bit more older, I start to get bored of that. So I start to discover advanced like Ministry, in Inch Nails, you know, and that really changed my perspective because um, with, with a guitar, with a bass, with a drum, you have limited sounds, you know, but with a synthesizer, with a sampler, you have infinite possibilities, so I try to <clears throat> put together the best of both worlds, you know, mm-hmm. and have a, I don't know, and for me, Vigilante is it's, it's a way to express a little bit. Um, for me, it's, it's a kind of a, I know can sound hard, but it's a kind of a weapon. You know, it's a way to. I have express myself. It's a way to wake up people. It's is a way to. I don't know. Just like I say before, I. I will die very happily if if I just uh wake up a few people you know and make um them question their lives and question society that that's for me is my goal
0: oh well, excellent um now uh I'm going to go back to you rue um you want to have a uh, um do you have any um really memorable moments of your tour in the United States?
2: Um, I mean, the, for us, this whole tour has been, like, so successful on kind of every level of the word. Like, we've been, you know, getting quite popular in, in Europe for a good few years now just because we, we've toured so solidly over there just again and again and going back to all the, all the little cities and towns and nooks and crannies of the UK and stuff and eventually it builds up through word of mouth and through the internet and it's, it's going great over there, but obviously with America being such a, a huge, vast country, a, a whole ocean away, it's been hard to get over here as much as we did uh, in the early days in Europe. So just just being able to do a headline tour and being able to sell out venues as, as, as big as capacities of New York and LA of 1,000 is just crazy for us. Um, and the shows have been great. Like the kids have so enthusiastic, you know, not only just for the music, but but also for the message. Like, so, you know, when we started off this band in ten years ago, it was it was a hobby, and we always say it was just a hobby that got out of hand. Really, we, we never really aspired to be this international touring band. Um, so yeah, that when we sort of started employing um, a message, or just at least making socially conscious music. That, that very much became up, with, up there with the, the the other solid reason to keep going as a band, not just to play music and that you enjoy, but, but to hopefully uh, act as a, I don't know, putting out a different message than, than most of the things, you know, in the media and in religion and, and in governance. Uh, there's so many things that are tra- trying to divide people. Uh, we're just trying to sort of really go against that and trying to, Tell people uh, not sort of the differences, but concentrate on how we're we're one. You know, we're all made of the same atoms. We're all one species. We're all one world. We need to work together to to kind of continue and, and progress as a species. Um, and it's just great to see the the fans of the band and of the music also really, really feeling that we're speaking for them and. and I'm feeling the excitement that we feel on stage through the message.
0: Excellent, excellent.
2: So, I mean, I guess basically, I
0: then you know, is, is this your first time in the United States? Was for this tour?
2: No, uh, we we've toured. Uh, we must have been over here about sort of fifteen, twenty times actually, but just on on support tours um, with various bands. Um, I think we the first time we came over and did South by Southwest Festival in Texas. Um, and then we were lucky enough to play uh, Bamboozle Festival um, and a couple of others and then yeah as I say we've done Warped Tour a few times which is kind of the the primary sort of punk metal uh, festival over here in the States um, yeah and that was a great experience and then yeah some other other tours with other kind of metal and punk bands um, but yeah as I say this has been our our first tour um, which has been good because usually when you're supporting you, you can only play a sort of 20 minute 30 minute set so it's been great to play our full you know an hour of uh, the Chicago experience it's been awesome. that would definitely have to be liberating for
0: sure Ivan um, are you touring with anyone?
1: Actually I'm touring with um, this kind of Canadian band called Roehausen mm. Um. I, I have uh, a couple of shows with a band that actually is the side project of the keyboard player of Ministry. Okay. You know Ministry?
0: Oh, yeah, I've heard of him.
1: It's kind of like one of the
0: pioneers of the industrial music movement, isn't it? Yeah.
1: Actually, uh, Roe didn't know them. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Uh,
0: excuse my (laughs) ignorance.
1: No, 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 I'm kidding <laughs> now it's it's they are not that popular they they were very, very popular in the nineties, but they are not anymore but you know they they were one of the first bands that make a song called New World Order in the nineties.
0: That's actually, yeah, I remember that very distinctly, actually. <laughs> I was thinking yeah. about that actually, it was like, oh yeah, you know that. That was, like, as soon as I thought about it and you asked me about them, I remember, like, uh, riding to a friend of mine's to work, and he would play that song every day. <laughs> you could hear, you know, George Bush, you know, saying a New World Order over and over and over again, but it was kind of catchy.
1: Yeah. And was George Bush father, not son? Mm-hmm. For sure, for okay. sure. The-
0: <laughs> now... um I guess, uh, like you know, going back to rue again, you said that um it would be hard to describe what your music was, but like for the perspective of the listeners who are going to be curious about your music if if you could say the influences you had um early on as a musician and perhaps some of the influences from the rest of your band,
2: sure, um well, the first instrument I learned was the trumpet when I was about eight um and I think around that age, I was the only music I was really having a, listening to was was Motown and Northern Soul, which was because my dad was a DJ and that, that's the kind of stuff he played. So that whole sort of, I mean, already that, that's quite sort of positive and unifying music. Um, and then as I grew up, I got into bands like Radiohead, uh, the Brit pop scene, um, and then. I guess following that, I got into my local scene, which was very sort of punk, hardcore, uh, even ska orientated. Um, so there was a, you know, uh, some, some lush music. Uh, it, was, it was a really thriving scene, so we were quite lucky, really. And living on the outskirts of London, I could go in and sort of uh, experience the London dance music scene, uh, drum and bass, house, dubstep. So those those influences as well. Um, and they all just kind of get put into the shikari blender and come out as this mishmash, which for us is just completely natural and organic but um I guess for a listener it's 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 quite challenging, but it's it's still very melodic you know we we still have a love for melody um it's not like we're some death metal band or something or anything that's too sort of harsh to understand or listen to um so yeah it's 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 interesting for us it keeps it fresh we we like to you know keep testing ourselves and keep finding out new types of music you now that that's the reason why we're not doing a uh a kind of you know a desk job or a, a factory job that's the reason every musician wants to play music so they can you know do what they want to do and not have to do the same thing every day so um yeah we we just keep keep listening to all sorts of music and taking different influences really
0: now um I guess, you know, actually I wanted to comment on that was that, you know, in my experience, some of the best bands are actually made amidst those kinds of blends, as you were referring to. Uh, Guns N' Roses, for example, like their background was entirely different. They had a couple of punk musicians, one blues musician, and one, um, of all things, funk musician was like the initial uh, composition of that band. Kiss was basically the same way. You know, a, a couple of like mainstream rock guys, one blues rock guy, and then um, they're uh, unbeknownst to most people. Peter Chris on drums was actually a jazz drummer, which is also why when you see him drumming, he doesn't look very visual. He's not doing all kinds of crazy tricks. He's just a jazz drummer. He still sounds good, but um, he was definitely not a rock drummer to start um and so you know that definitely when you can hold that together i'm glad that you know like obviously that is one major difference guns and roses could not hold it together (laughs) you know they were (laughs) lots of egos in one place fighting back and forth and um it was not an environment conducive of that actually the original people who were reviewing them thought that band would self-destruct like within the first few months uh just due to the chemistry issues but they managed to overcome that um now, I guess uh, my next question, I'll go back to Yvonne. Uh, Yvonne, now you're on a tour now. Uh, you just yep. started your United States tour. Um, where are you going next?
1: Um, well, I will play 10 in Pittsburgh. Hmm. Pittsburgh, yeah, 10 is Pittsburgh, 11, Washington, 12, Columbus, Ohio. Mm-hmm. Uh 14 St. Louis 15 Kansas uh, 16 Omaha I- I'm just getting tired to just tell you the date <laughs> <laughs> no and, um, I can send
0: people to a website for that I was just curious what your next gig was uh,
1: I- no 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 I, I just uh, in my head just doing the shows and <laughs> mm-hmm. you know because there are no resting days so much Um 18, uh, Colorado Springs, um, 19, Denver, and yeah, that, that's it uh, with the shows. And yeah. after that, I will do some some D sets, uh, 21 in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and um, June 1st in Baltimore, and June 2nd in New York. And then I will go to Europe. I will have um, two dates in in Russia, one in Poland, and one in Czech Republic.
0: Wow, you know that's actually great, actually, especially since you're going to Russia. I bet they'll love your music over there. There's, you know, and Europe in general, I think, is a bit more friendly to the metal scene in general. Uh, just because the Americans seem to have forgotten what it sounds like It's slowly coming back But I literally, one of the things that drove me out of music Was the, uh the grunge movement was like the final straw for me I was like, I can't do this stuff The stuff that came out of Seattle really drove me crazy And, um, you know, no offense to anyone who plays that stuff It just, for some reason, just does not ring right with me There's no resonance between my personal energy as a musician and that music um but overall I you know, I'm excited to hear how well you do in Europe. It's really too bad that um you didn't get a chance to get a Detroit show. Would have been nice to be able to finally meet you. Um maybe I'll try yeah, to arrange to go to Columbus, Ohio. That's not too far away.
1: Really? Oh yeah. that will be yeah somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> that that would be great, really.
0: For sure. Well I like your music too. I, I the 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 sound that came across to me is it reminded me a little bit of um Rob Zombie's work. I don't know if he was any kind of an influence on you, but I, let, you know, I was listening to your album pretty much every day for a couple of weeks because I like the sound of it while I was working on stuff online.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs>
0: um, I confess, Rue I haven't had a chance to listen to your music yet, but I have every intention of that. Um, let, let me uh, basically hey, kind of
1: you. You need to check to check them out because really, I have 35 years old mm-hmm. and. When I hear them, they really surprise me. So that is not usual, you know? I have heard a lot of music, a lot of kind of different styles, but the mix they do is, is pretty is pretty well done, it's, it's pretty powerful, and they really have a good, powerful message. It's not a, you know, that is what I was talking with um, Rob, Rao, Rao.
0: Yeah, I kept messing it up too. <laughs> exactly. Rao, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Rao. I can remember yeah. Rao. Go <laughs> ahead.
1: With Raul No. Uh that is what is uh, I was talking with him this, because their message is really powerful, like uh, Pantera, you know, powerful but <laughs> but they are, but they are really positive, you know. And and for me that that's different it's not about destroy it's about you construct you know build a new thing you know well and, excellent yeah
0: no I yeah. agree You know, that's the case I'm sure I'm going to like it you know um, Rao uh, do you have any comments on you know kind of his you know
2: basically description of your music
1: <laughs>
2: well yes thank you very much for the kind words appreciate it um yeah, it's, I guess, again, coming from like a, a punk arc or background, that, that whole scene is completely built on sincerity, you know, both in the delivery, in, in the content. It, it actually, it has to be passionate, it has to be honest. That That is basically, as, as I see it, the only uh, rules, if you could even label it as that, uh, of punk. Um, and... Yeah, so when you're in a band like us, it's it's very it's all about the energy in a live performance as well. So when you're you're running around like a headless chicken night in, night out, you know, screaming your head off, it, it absolutely has to be about, you know, stuff that you believe in and you believe needs to be talked about. Um so yeah, it it's it's really important for us. I suppose to be to be doing our bit. Now
0: you guys, obviously, I guess you said as you as you pointed out, you're at the end of your United States tour. Where
2: are you guys going
0: next? Yeah, I've got the page
2: up now. Um, we've we've only got four shows left, all in Florida. Um, we've got the State Theatre in St Petersburg tomorrow, Wednesday the ninth, uh, and then we go on to Pompano, I believe, Pompano. Uh, in Florida and then Jacksonville and Orlando is our last show on the 12th Um, but hopefully we're going to be back out to the U.S. um, before the end of the year. Have Um, you uh,
0: considered visiting Jack Fresco and Roxanne Meadows while you're in Florida?
2: Yeah every time we come to Florida we're like oh please can we have a day off at least somewhere (laughs) in the, the vicinity so we can make it down but unfortunately we we haven't had the uh, the honor yet but yeah hopefully in the future we will do
0: well excellent excellent
2: well um you know uh
0: it's been great having both of you guys on and hearing your stories um just to make sure that I don't forget before the end of the show um uh, Raul, what's where's the best
2: place for them to you know basically enter enter shikari
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: um well i mean i guess the simplest way is enter shikari.com Um, We're also on Facebook, Twitter, you know, all all the classics.
0: Do you have an album out now or...?
2: Yeah, uh, our our last album um, is called A Flash Flood of Colour, um, and that was what I guess this tour was for. Um, Yeah, it's it's still fairly new at the moment, so we'll be touring that throughout the end of the year. We're going to be doing basically the whole European festival circuit this summer. Um, and then as I say hopefully we'll make it over to the US before the end of the year well that's awesome um,
0: now Yvonne your band has a few albums as well uh, what are you guys working on right now as far as that I mean what's the what's the current album
1: well I'm still promoting the last one it's called The New Resistance mm-hmm. and it's available in uh, North America with a, a Canadian label called Artifact Records Mm-hmm. So, but the people can get all the info in uh, vigilante.cl. So, yeah, that is that is what I, I'm promoting now. I'm <laughs> it's funny, but I'm working in a in a song with uh, Douglas Mallet.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. I think you gave me a link to that. Yeah. That's pretty you, cool. You heard it? Yeah, some you of his it? voice. I think you gave me a sample of it. That was pretty interesting. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've had Doug on the show several times. Actually, he's a
1: good friend. Yeah, you know, he he wrote, he he writes very good lyrics. So when I heard it, you know, uh, the music was okay, but the lyrics was pretty good. So I I asked to him. I can remake your song, but with my uh, style and your lyrics, and he say, okay. So uh, actually, he 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 liked it.
0: <laughs> well, that's awesome. So uh,
1: yeah, I'm I'm working on that. And what I was, um, because you know the the project that Douglas Mallett kept had, um, I don't know that. Uh, you know the name?
0: Uh, you're talking farm- about it's automated, uh, cybernated farm systems.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think that really, man, that is a pretty cool idea. You know? that That is what we need, you know? That is how we make the transition, you know? Excellent. Have-
0: yeah, you know? I agree. So and I've, I've talked to him about it on the show. He was actually on the show not long ago, talking about it. To anybody who's listening, you can go to my. Um, well, it's not actually in the archives yet, but it's if you go here on Blog Talk, you'll find my last show with him. It was like God, it got it could have yeah. only been two shows ago. No, Continue.
1: He, he's really actually I I talk with, um, Roe, mm-hmm. right? Uh, about about him and about awakening because you know awakening. Maybe the production is not too good, but they explain very well, you know, the essence of a resource based economy in 30 minutes. So, I I think he's a pretty smart and talented guy.
0: Yeah, I was pretty happy with that, too. Have you ever seen Awakening, uh, Ro? No, I
2: haven't actually seen that one yet. I need to get on it.
0: Yeah, it's 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 available for free on YouTube and it's it's also in my list uh, my must see TV list. To any of you listening, uh if you want to find Awakening and a lot of other great documentaries, you can find them for free at v-radio.org. Um now, I actually was uh, I had kind of a pleasant surprise uh when I was reading the email exchange we were having, Ro, um you said that you've listened to V Radio on and off and I was like, "Oh cool, another person that <laughs> I reached that you know Um I was curious, uh do you have a favorite show of mine that you've listened to so far?
2: Um yeah, well, I mean there's a few. The one that I I really loved was the one with uh Gabo Mate. Ah, yes. It was quite quite a while ago now. Um yeah, I I mean I I'm a massive fan of of him and his work, so that that was awesome to get more of an insight into into him. Mm-hmm. That was definitely a good show. I think I've had him
0: on twice, actually. Um, I, unfortunately, our first show just had these weird uh, problems. I guess Blog Talk was actually having problems, which is too bad because the conversation was amazing. Because you know, I bring a guy on my radio show to talk to him, and then he starts, you know, analyzing my my own health problems and uh, <laughs> explaining uh, how wow. they're, you know, how they're probably linked to various things that happened to me in childhood. Because when I was a baby, I was born with a hole in my heart, so. I spent a lot what? of time in the incubator and um yeah it was about a, about the size of a nickel birth defect. um no yeah and uh I mean I'm fine they they put a piece of plastic in there like a special kind of plastic called Dacron but uh for the first uh you know portion of my life um you know which to him is a very critical formative you know part of your life um, because I was not you know around my parents, and instead I was in a machine most of the time that probably impacted me in different ways that I was not aware of so you know, I put a I definitely put an interesting spin on things um for sure uh, he was definitely a great guy to talk to uh and uh I'd have to say um my personal favorite is still on the subject of sheeple it's hard to beat that show, but that's when we play. Recordings of people talking about what politicians they're voting for and the reasons that they're giving and, you know, then we kind of have a, a roundtable discussion where we discuss, you know, why people are reacting the way they are and they just had some of the most superfluous, you know, silly reasons to vote for a politician and when they're asked <laughs> hard questions like, oh, you want Sarah Palin to be president? And they're like, oh, yeah, definitely. What do you think of her foreign policy? they go, uh, well, like, okay, so foreign policy, meaning, you know, like when we go to war, (laughs) you don't, you don't know what her foreign policy is, but you know, she definitely should be president. I just, it's like that, that hero worship thing is actually true with most politicians. And in fact, the other video that we played in that show was in Florida, this guy went to a Florida beach. Uh, walking around asking everybody who they voted for and why. The video is called Why Ron Paul Did Not Win the Florida Primary. Um, And it's just the stuff that people were saying about who they were voting for, who they weren't voting for, and all of that, you know, was just out there. You know, and that's basically, I think, you know, one of the reasons I like that so much was that it's difficult for, you know, people to recognize just how much they're being duped and, uh, more to the point, they they don't understand that... They, they in fact, intentionally seem to di- misunderstand the system, which is that even if we could get, you know, a, a president elected who was a great guy, if he doesn't have a Congress and a Senate that backs him, it doesn't matter. And most people are not even conscious. They don't even know who their congressmen or senators are. Um, and I think that when it comes to people like that, you have to reach them in subtle ways. You know, for me, for example, I was always kind of... Um, an outside-the-box thinker because of the way my mom raised me, but I didn't pay attention to politics for a long time, um, you know, until the the Ron Paul thing started, and then there was the film V for Vendetta, which, um, being as how I'm a comic book person anyway, uh, you know, and who the author of the original comic was, although I had never read the comic, you know, I watched that movie, and that movie really inspired me, and I noticed a trend going on in Hollywood, particularly from the Wachowski brothers who did both the V for Vendetta adaption and the Matrix, was to try to find ways through popular, you know, media to reach people, yeah. you know, in ways that they're le- they're more likely to listen, you know. Yeah. And I think that it's no accident that, you know, people went, man, you know, that thing the government yeah. is doing right now reminds me of the yeah. Matrix. What, were you yeah. going to say something, Yvonne?
1: Okay. Yeah. Yeah, for me, what what your example with the movies is, for me, is the same. What we are trying to do with um, Row and and I, you know, is try to reach people to art. You mm-hmm. know? And and for me, really, that movies like Before the or The Matrix, yeah, it makes you think. So it, it's more than just entertainment, you know.
0: Absolutely. And um, Ben Stewart, uh, he was unfortunately not able to come on this show, but uh, he has a band called Hero Sonic, and uh, they played at the Zeitgeist Media Festival. Um, He's the filmmaker of Chimatica and Esoteric Agenda. Um, These films are a little bit more conspiracy theory-oriented than what we typically talk about in the Zeitgeist movement, but I still feel that his goal of trying to wake people up and to get people to think for themselves is a laudable goal. And now, for me, I, you know, within my own art expression, which is comic books, I'm actually working on a project right now that will allow me to blend my activism with my art, Um, and basically it's, uh, one of the characters in my comic book is going to be an alien from a world that's been in a resource-based economy for a couple hundred years, so, needless to say, he's a very different person. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He's, uh, his, his people have totally overcome all negative emotions and they're very advanced in their thinking and um, I have to in order to throw that message in the story though obviously there's got to be bad guys and violence and you know and sex and all the things that you stick in these movies to get people to pay attention but my intention is is to is to essentially you know like it's like throwing the kids vitamins in his pudding to make sure he eats his vitamins <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, so, um, you know, when that time I, comes around... Oh, go
2: ahead, Rue. Yeah, no, uh, I, I was just going to say, like, it's interesting because it, it literally does feel like, you know, whatever the art form is, I think art, whether it's, you know, music, whether it's comic, whether it's film, it it, it literally has to step up and do the media's job because when the media is doing such a awful job of, you know, explaining... Either specifically what politicians are, are for, what, um, and perhaps not um, commenting on just their their personal lives and actually their their foreign policies, like you say. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think art just has to stuff up because I mean, all art is is social commentary, really. In, in in some sense, you know, people always say to us like, oh. With it. If, if people don't like the fact that we're being socially conscious and addressing such matters, they're so oh, why are you doing that? What's the point in that? And it's just, well, no, actually, all art is socially conscious. It's just they choose to have mind-numbing, um, you know, whether it's glamorizing greed or glorify, glorifying violence, you know, that that's their choice. That, that was a political choice that they made. Um, so I think yeah it it definitely is up to to art of all natures to be sort of uh more seditious and more you know trying to as as you say wake people up and get them to realize what's what's going on and who they should be listening to
0: well think about the drastic difference when it comes to music um from the 60s to the way things are now you know the way the corporations clamp down on what people hear you know uh activist music is now, you know, like it has to be kind of on the fringe. It has to be like, you know, um, pushed aside a little bit more. You got to work really hard. And thankfully the internet, it's starting to break the stranglehold. But, you know, the days of like Jefferson airplane used to be a mainstream music, you know, you would have heard it all over the radio. They were getting TV spots, you know, and they had a very big anti-war message, um, you know, a lot of, like, anti-war music was extremely common back then, and I think that it's very possible that the elite realized that they cannot allow that to happen again, or at least they're going to try to stop it anyway, because, you know, music really gets into you. It really defines who you are. I mean, I'm still wearing black metal T-shirts, and my hair is long, and I, <laughs> you know, I because that part of my life uh, back in the, the late 80s and the early 90s, you know, did a lot to define who I am as a person, you know, and there you can, I mean, it's there's a lot more people who listen to quote unquote everything now than there was when I was that age, you know, but you can definitely see, like my sister, for example, she grew up in the inner city and she's totally into rap and hip hop and she's a very different person than I am, you know, she has different values, speaks different, has different, you know ideas about the world. And, you know, and I'm not saying that it's bad necessarily. There are some hip hop musicians, I think, that are very thought provoking. Um, But it doesn't, but there is definitely a certain power to the kind of music that we listen to and the impact that it has on who we are, you know, and just how we represent ourselves, you know, to everyone else in the world. And I think that they recognize that. And that's why um, I feel music really, it started to get stupid for a while. Like they wanted to take the brains out of music. Um, we went through a period where all the lyrics were just nonsense. Like just, let's just yeah. scribble down whatever, you know? And that's, I mean, once again, I, I don't mean to be harsh, but that was what killed grunge for me was a mulatto, a mosquito, an albino, a libido. I'm like, what is this guy talking yeah. about? You know,
1: <laughs> like, it doesn't but, even, it, know, go no, ahead. not all not all the art has to be uh, <clears throat> has to be a, um, a, a logic, you know? You can you can talk about, uh, I don't know, I like the fly in the world and blah, 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 whatever. But it's all about to find a balance, you know? is has to be music for everyone, for for people that want to hear some... Because art... Has no boundaries, actually. You know, if oh, no. you start to boundaries to 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 music or to artists, it, it don't work that way. You know, but I think is very what you say is very important because, for example, what happened with hip hop music. You know, mm-hmm. when they talk about. If you fuck me, I will kill you. If you. If, if I have more money than you. You know? Oh, absolutely. All that, all that shit is just create more violence. It's just create more hate. It's just create more shit. You know? It's, There's definitely that, a dark
0: side to the hip hop culture that's, that's really rough.
1: And that's. And, <laughs> and they spend thousands of dollars in videos showing that. So, yeah, it it could be uh, just a coincidence, it could be not, you know. It's, for me, it's all just, of course, it's not a problem, it's just a consequence of a problem. But for me, it's, that is more dangerous that <laughs> talk about this, it's more dangerous that talk just about, I don't know, I like to smell the flowers and take a walk, you know.
0: <laughs> well, there was, you know, and but that's another part of it that actually kind of, you know, made me worried about it was that it seemed like at least for a while, songs uh, became emotionally stunted, like, I miss anthems, you know, obviously, I'm an 80s rocker. So of course, I miss anthems. But, you know, even in the 70s, you know, there were bands like Kiss that were doing songs that were about being happy happy to be alive, I'm enjoying myself, I want to rock and roll all night and party every day, you know, Poison followed up, you know, that along that same line with, you know, I'm, I want nothing but a good time, you know, but and those are not songs that are, like, meant to, you know, change the world, but they made you very happy to be alive, they, they, they created this very positive energy to yourself, and I think that that's something that seems to have died, like, become very unfashionable, um, in most music. There's not music that people listen to sim- to simply enjoy life as much as there used to be. Um, and I'm not saying that that has to be the only way music sounds by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, I was listening to Poison at the same time I'm listening to old-school Metallica mm. and Megadeth, which certainly is not yeah. upbeat happy music, but <laughs> yeah. um, for a while there, though, there was just kind of an, an absence of that. It almost felt like you know music just had no soul. And And that bothered me because it it didn't feel, I mean, at least to me, once again, we're talking about personal tastes, anybody, you know, so for me, for whatever reason, I just, I listened to that and it was, it didn't seem to catch me. It didn't seem to, to make me feel anything. It was just kind of there, you know, and it was very commercially successful. Um, In fact, you know, I'll say something even more controversial in, um, one of the vast differences, for example, uh, in Kurt Cobain's Suicide Note, one of the things that he said that bothered him was that he didn't care about the music, that it was just kind of his job, and that you know he felt very disappointed that he did not love it as much as Freddie Mercury from Queen. Freddie Mercury, you know, when he got up on stage, that man had an amazing time, and he was having fun, and everyone else who was listening was having fun, and it was very important to him that everybody had fun. And That that was a kind of an energy that Kurt never felt, so that really depressed him, you know, and I think that um, even metal, like even some of the harder metal, like uh, Megadeth and Metallica, for example, you know, is is still very, you know, it's kind of aggressive in its feeling, but there's still definitely an an energy, a feeling, a, you know, like, um, I don't know if you guys watched the big four or, like, even what kind of music yeah, you
1: yeah. listen to? Yeah, yeah. and Metallica and Slayer. And Slayer
0: and Anthrax. And when they did uh, Am I Evil all at the same time, I watched that video all the time because that was something back in the 80s that, you know, you would have just yeah. gone crazy to watch, um, especially since some of those musicians didn't really like each other very much and it wasn't likely you were ever going to see them up there together. But, um, but in any case, um, you know... Uh, I guess uh, let's start. Let's go back to row a rue um
2: tell you a good way to right. remember it is uh it's so, it's like cow but with an r. Okay,
0: well I yeah. was a dairy <laughs> <laughs>
1: work.
0: Well, row um, what do you guys see as far as like has your music evolved? Do you do you see a a change in your music than say when you started?
2: Oh, very much so. Um, uh, when you're you're writing music that, you know, it's supposed to be honest and sincere. It's supposed to be, you know, a part of you really. Um, and you, you know, as a person, you're you're constantly evolving. Everyone is, so I think that the music has as well. That the more influences we've had, the more experiences we've had, whether on tour with the band or just more person uh, personally. Um, and yeah, they all influence the sound of the music. Um, I think as, as well we've. As we've grown as a band, we've we've formulated a a much bigger sort of sense of confidence to really dive into different types of music. Perhaps music that we haven't always identified with, but now we have. So why shouldn't we be able to employ it if we you know respect where it's come from, respect how it grew uh, as a genre, um, and that's what we've done. We've just we feel that music is just a you know it's like a a tray of desserts and we're just, we're just eating the, the chocolate cake, the strawberry flan, you know, everything. We don't really want to kind of limit ourselves to just one type of food. So it's, it's exactly what we do with music. We just kind of take what we feel we can, we can perform well with.
0: Excellent. Excellent.
2: Um, well, you know, guys, uh,
0: this has been an excellent conversation. I'm definitely glad we decided to do this show you know and if either of you have heard like have anything going on like any new tours that you're going on or uh coming out with any kind of new albums let's do this again let's you know let's have another conversation and maybe one of these days will you know we'll I'll catch both of you guys in Detroit at some point and uh you know get an opportunity to you know to hear your music live um and I want to thank you guys for being on V Radio tonight um was there any other news as far as what's going on with your band that you wanted to bring up
2: uh, I, I'm all good, yeah. I'm just uh, the last week, so if anyone's in Florida and can get to any of the shows, um, all the details are on Um And then, yeah, as I say, hopefully we'll be back um, uh, before the end of the year. Thanks very much for having me.
0: Excellent. Um, and uh, same thing, Yvonne, anything going on with you? When, where's your next show? Just the next one?
1: Uh, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh? 10, yeah, 10 uh, May. And I really thank you, first of all, for do this show, because it's really great. You have, I don't know, you're, maybe I'm pretty sure that you sometimes think that, I don't know, did this, uh, it worth it or not, but you, you know, man, it worth it. It worth it a lot. And and you're changing, changing people's lives. And, I don't know, I think me and Rob, <laughs> we are trying to do the same. So, uh, you, you, we just need to, you know, stay together, you know, because we, in this <laughs> in this time, we are not uh, that much people, you know, trying to do this. So, I really thank you for inviting me for, I don't know, for... Shared this interview with my friend from England, and I don't know. Revolution is now.
0: <laughs> that's
1: actually one of the most
0: powerful things about the internet that I'd have to say has changed my life uh, beyond anything else is the is the ability for the three of us to be sitting here, you know, doing a message that's going out to thousands of people. We get a guy here from Chile and a guy from England yeah. and a guy from the United States, all hanging out together. You know, and that's just powerful. And, you know, the kind of friendships that I've made doing this, you know, the radio show will always be worth it to me. The only thing that ever slows me down is that I don't want to repeat. Like, you know, I want to give the listeners something new all the time. And and I've also got to be sure that I'm in the right mindset to be able to pull this off. I mean, interviews are a lot easier, but, like, especially when I've got to do a roundtable or write a blog or, you know, or interview maybe a guest that's really, really challenging um, I like to have my brain in order. I mean, I still remember my first interview with Stefan Molyneux. I had a one hundred and two degree fever and a pounding wow. sinus headache, but i didn oh, 't no. i didn 't want to this, cancel the cancel the show you know because he was a big time guy and you know and as a result, I did not do as well during the debate as I would have liked to um you know because i 'm you know sinus headaches for me i don 't know what they're like for you guys, but in my family they they literally feel like somebody 's you know, taking a wrench and tightening up the inside of your skull. And, oh, my God, did it hurt. And I just had to kind of grin and bear it the whole time. Um, you know, but it's it's great. And I agree with you that, you know, it, it is definitely the payback, especially for me as an atheist. I've looked at that in a lot of different ways to say that, you know, you need a legacy. And for me, you know, I'm not going to heaven. You know, I don't believe in any of that. So, therefore, where, you know, what is my immortality? My immortality is, is sharing my thoughts with other people who hopefully will in turn yeah. share their thoughts with other people who then in turn yeah. will share their thoughts with their children. And then, you know, maybe someday down the road, 50 years from now, somebody will be saying something from one of my V-Radio shows in a conversation, and yeah. that is my immortality.
1: Yeah, exactly. I want to thank no. you.
0: Go That's ahead. Did you no, 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 no. On? Okay. No, I, I, I want to thank I, you guys I both agree. for being on. just agree with you. Um, I'll talk to you guys just a little bit off the air. Um, And uh, thank you guys for being on tonight. If this is your first time listening to V-Radio, please check out my website, v-radio.org. There you can click on archives and find lots of great shows like this one, interviews with documentary filmmakers, activists, uh politicians the good kind um <laughs> and uh lots of great material there including you know current event shows i am looking for more show ideas so please you know continue to send me the emails with these show ideas i actually have been following up on a lot of them but sometimes it takes a while to get you know especially when you're suggesting a guest to me it takes a while to get through to these people to get your guest slots you know set up so i am Don't Yeah, and I do appreciate that, so please continue to do that. And yes, as I was mentioning earlier, um, I'm not to the stage yet where I'm going to be ready to do this yet, but when the time comes and my comic book is actually ready to go into what we call a Kickstarter campaign, you know, I'll be looking for support from you guys so that I can, you you know, be able to push my ideas out once again in that, like, way of putting the you know putting the vitamin in the pudding <laughs> to be sure that they eat their vitamins. So thanks yeah. again everybody. I'll leave you guys with some words with shock from Josh Fresco and Roxanne Meadows.
1: This is Roxanne Meadows. And this is Jock Fresco. And you're listening to v radio.